0: It's a day. Hello, I'm Peter Ayers, and welcome to Stages, the podcast that converses with creatives about craft and career. The long awaited production of Andrew Lloyd Webber's The Phantom of the Opera takes flight this month at the Sydney Opera House, followed by a season at the State Theatre in Melbourne. The production was to be mounted in 2021. But as with all live performance, was forced into a hiatus owing to the extensive lockdown periods across the country. Phantom is currently the longest-running show in Broadway history and celebrated its 10,000th Broadway performance on the 11th of February 2012, the first production ever to do so. It is the second longest-running West End musical after Les Misérables, and the third longest-running West End show overall after The Mousetrap. By 2019, it had been seen by over 140 million people in 183 cities across 41 countries. Not bad, eh? The Phantom of the Opera has captivated world audiences for 36 years, and Australia is now to be witness to a brand new production that has been overseen by Matthew Bourne and Cameron McIntosh. Josh Pittman leads the company as the Phantom, with Blake Bowden as Raoul. And I am thrilled to welcome to the stage's podcast, in the role of Christine Daae, the thrilling, the delightful, the supremely talented Amy Manford. Amy Madford, hello.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: I'm very well, and um, I must say thank you so much. I know you're in the, the depths of rehearsal for Phantom of the Opera, so uh, to give up this early part of your evening is much appreciated.
1: Oh, it's lovely to be here chatting to you, Peter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, Phantom of the Opera, how's it going? You're in rehearsals, uh, almost into the theatre. What can you tell us about it?
1: Yeah, the rehearsals are really, really going well, and it's just so lovely to be in the room with everybody after a long year of, of waiting around for this to happen. Um, and everyone's just at the top of their game. Every and. and in the rehearsal room and also out of the rehearsal room everyone's just like really close and friendly and we all really enjoy our, each other's company which is nice so
0: a happy company
1: yes i have very happy company <laughs> which is
0: good to hear because of course you were you were supposed to take to the stage in uh, 2021 but uh, the lockdowns uh, put a dent in that and uh, you had to sort of go into a, a bit of a hiatus for 12 months so it must be um very exciting, e- even more right, exciting yeah. to return.
1: Totally. And I mean, like, it's it's quite funny because last year when we were kind of about to start the rehearsal process, um, we knew, it, you know, there was something in the air, <laughs> like, with COVID. And um to the point where I was actually having Zoom costume fittings because I went back to Perth to do another production um, or a promo show for that production and um i was doing a they sent my um shoes my christine shoes over to perth where i was at the time and i did a zoom fitting for the shoes and so my poor mum was with me like on the floor drawing on my shoes and, <laughs> and the um and the, the the shoe designers like um yeah but can you just turn your shoe to the left and can i just see your feet because they're just a bit weird i don't know why they're fitting so it was um yeah it was a very funny experience um but then yes unfortunately they caught it and cancelled it thank god because it obviously ended up being um a lot worse than what we thought it was going to be um and but yeah it's just really really nice to be finally running it and um about to open
0: because it's not your first foray as uh christine day is it you've no, done it before
1: yeah <laughs> i've done it a few times <laughs> <laughs> i um it, yeah it was my kind of first professional job in musical theatre, to be honest. So um, when I first started, I really did. I mean, Christine's this ingenue that kind of gets um, thrust into the into the limelight. She's a ballet dancer in the chorus and um, kind of gets given this role out of the blue and has to prove herself straight away. And I kind of feel like my story is semi like that as well. I was actually still in college when I got the role, so I hadn't graduated yet. Um, And then all of a sudden I'm playing a leading role in the West End, which was pretty crazy, especially coming from such a small town in Australia, in Perth. Um, So yeah, I just feel like what happened to me was very similar to the actual character, so I didn't really have to act. <laughs> um but yeah so I did it for two years on the West End which was great um I worked with about five Phantoms while I was there um and then when I left the West End um Josh the Australian Phantom came in um was replacing um was appraising us and um we we kind of like he was around the building rehearsing while I was finishing up the shows, and we kind of like because we were both Australian, we went for a coffee, and um for some reason we just said to each other, "I I just think we're going to do this together one day," <laughs> and um we're here now, so it's pretty crazy. But then um then after the West End, I actually ended up going and doing it in Athens, Greece, um for about a couple of months, and then that show got closed because of COVID, and we were actually the first show in the entire world to be cancelled because of the pandemic which was really crazy because um we couldn't quite believe it at the time and um I was getting messages from all my friends around the world going surely you guys aren't cancelling because of COVID-19 and we're like yes we are cancelling because of COVID-19 and everyone's like that will never happen here oh my god they'll never close the production in Broadway they'll never close the production in the West End so it was pretty, yeah. And then the aftermath of that obviously was pretty shocking. But um yeah, and now here in Australia doing it again with with Josh, um, and and Blake, who's absolutely wonderful. Blake Bowden, who plays Rao. And um, yeah, it's just a really, really lovely cast. And it's yeah, it's really great.
0: So you've got a, a few runs on the board, we can safely say. <laughs>
1: yeah, a few. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny though, because there's a few um different words in this production just like the odd tiny thing which is the worst type of thing to happen when you know a score so well just to change like one word here and there but um yeah it's it's in my brain now finally But,
0: but this is a, a new production is this the production you had been doing on the west end or?
1: no so, I mean right. they, they they're similar um very similar costumes um Exactly the same music, similar sets, everything you know and love about Phantom, the chandelier fall, the chandelier rising. Um but um, different direction and um, a few different set pieces. Um, And the whole production is much more real and gritty. And um, The Phantom, as an example, um, in the West End, he's very much a magician um, and you don't quite know how he's doing all these things, but in in the Australian production, this brand new Cameron Mackintosh production, um, everything's made very clear and he has a lot more humanistic qualities. Um, Yeah, it just makes everything a lot more real. And and the other thing is with Christine, um, my character, she's much more in control of everything she does. She's no longer in a trance following this man into a dungeon lair. (laughs) She's making the choice. She's inquisitive about it. She wants to go with him and see what's happening down there. Um, And so, yeah, it's just, yeah, I'm really loving it, to be honest. Um, And there's a lot more things that make a lot of sense in this show. Everything's explained a little bit more, which is great for the audience.
0: So, so Christine's embraced her feminist values a, a, a bit. Yeah. More.
1: Yes. Yeah? Very, very 2022. Yeah.
0: <laughs> terrific. Terrific. So tell me about the, the audition to, to, you find yourself suddenly thrust into the limelight on, in the West End. You'd yeah. obviously, you'd been studying at the Royal College of Music. So That's you, great. you obviously possess the vocal chops. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you have an agent who sent you along? How how come it happened so quickly? Tell no, me about
1: I didn't have an agent. Um, I, so I was studying at the Royal College of Music and, um, I, I had a coffee with a friend one day because we were about to graduate and we didn't know whether we wanted to go into a professional opera company or stay at the college and go into their opera school um, and so we just had a quick coffee and I said um. I said, oh, I just don't know what to do, I feel like for some reason I want to give the musical theatre thing a go, because obviously I've been studying opera, but that's that's my background, opera. Um, and I I originally went to the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts in Perth, so WAPA, and that's so that, in opera, classical voice, went to Royal College for opera, and then, um, yeah, I just Always oh, have like this love for musical theater. This into like on the West End, I would go and see these things and I would just get so excited about seeing them. And so I I, I guess that, that that was kind of in the back of my mind. And um, so I was telling my friend this and she said, Well, you know, they're auditioning for Christine on in Phantom of the Opera right now. And I went, for some reason I just I don't know. I just never thought about it before. And um I said, well, okay, that's amazing, but like, how the hell do I get an audition? I don't have an agent, I don't have any professional musical theatre experience. Um, And and she said, well, apparently there's somebody in the administrative department at the Royal College of Music who knows somebody who works on the flies in theatre who might be able to pass your CV to someone in the creative team. (laughs) And so I went, okay, that sounds easy enough. Anyway, so I went to the administrative team, told them about it, and um, she kind of did a little bit of work behind the scenes for me. And um, I just forgot about it, to be honest. Like, I didn't think anything would happen. And and when I spoke to her, she kind of said to me, look, um, I think you would be great for it. And I think they would really like you, but they've been auditioning for two months. Like, they're in the final stages of casting these roles. And I just don't think they'll see someone new at this late stage, because they had like a week and a half left to go of casting. Um, so, anyway, the next day I got an email and I had an audition, which was crazy. And um, I went in and sung, I could have danced all night. And um, perfect. <laughs> you yeah, get this big lineup of 15. 15 people of the creative team. And what I really laughed about is because I was so removed from the world of musical theatre, I bought I Could Have Danced All Night as my musical theatre song, and I bought or Quante Volte, which is a Bellini song, an operatic song, um, as my opera song. And so I sung my I Could Have Danced All Night, and they said, okay, yeah, cool, and what's your musical theatre song?
0: <laughs>
1: and I was, I was like, um... <laughs> But anyway, that was that. That was a bit of a shock to the system, actually. But um, what was quite funny is I went up to a really, really high note at the end of I Could Have Danced All Night, so a high C instead of a high G. And um, they said, oh, OK, that's awesome. And they joked around and said, oh, well, can she sing a high E instead? And while they were joking, I turned to the pianist and was like, oh, OK, and then just sung it. And I think they all laughed and thought it was very, very funny. <laughs> and so I think that kind of like, you know, it's like made the process a little bit faster because they were like, okay, she can sing these notes. She's, we, we like her. And then I had five auditions in a week and was on stage in front of Angela Weber and Cameron McIntosh within like seven days. Um, and then find out the next day I got the role. So like, it was pretty insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then I went off and did a tour in South Korea with the London cello orchestra, came back and started started the job and had to sort out obviously visas in that time which are a bit which are a massive annoyance (laughs) but um yeah
0: but just just talking to you now you have a very vivacious personality and that's obviously what shone through in the audition
1: maybe I don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) now I'm old enough to remember Phantom of the Opera when it first premiered um I think it's about 35 years ago when did you learn of phantom of the opera did you did you watch it as a kid
1: yeah i'm not one of those people that remember knowing about it when i was younger and my, when i got the role my friend amber said to me oh my gosh that's so funny i remember you when we were teenage like young ch- teenagers pretending to be the phantom playing the organ, in which I don't remember at all. So clearly I, I knew about phantom. But when I first moved to London to start studying at the college, um, my mum helped me move. And um, on the first night we got there, I said, let's go see a show on the West End. and um, And we went to one of those, you know, um, ticket boxes where they, you can just buy whatever's available for the night. Arctic, so, and, yep. yeah, And we got tickets to Phantom, I'd never seen it before. Um, and I saw this beautiful girl play Christine, um, a girl called Harriet Jones, who was just absolutely amazing and made me totally fall in love with the role and the show. And um, I looked at the program and it said she had studied at the Royal College of Music. And I was about to start there the following week. And so I thought that was really cool forgot about that did my studies and then when I started phantom I took over her role so two years later so yeah it's all like there's all these weird kind of things that match up in my life which is which is kind of weird but really awesome at the same time
0: no and the more your career progresses you will find that there are even more serendipitous oh my gosh, so connections and uh, yeah yeah yeah, that, that's great. Um, the original novel, and of course, the, the musical takes place in the Garnier uh, Opera House in Paris. It must be nice. I'm I'm delighted that that I'm actually going to be seeing it in an opera house. Indeed, uh, the iconic Sydney Opera House. Absolutely. That must be fun.
1: Oh, it's so cool. I like. I'm so excited, especially like with the moment when the chandelier rises with the overture and we're all sitting backstage feeling that amazing energy is going to be like a serious moment to remember in my life. Um, and then the other cool thing about the Sydney Opera House is um, when I was about 12 years old, I was in a choir called Gondwana Voices, which is the choir that does the Qantas ads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we performed at the Sydney Opera House. And we were singing up in the um, choir stalls, looking down on the stage with all these, like a massive orchestra and all these amazing singers. And I remember looking down thinking, oh my gosh, how how cool must it be to actually be on that stage singing a solo, like how amazing. And um, yeah, it's really weird that I'm doing that now and like thinking of little me watching I don't know. I'm just. I think that's quite cute. (laughs) Uh, No,
0: I think I think that's lovely. Did you ever get to do a Qantas commercial?
1: No, no, I never. I never. I wasn't in those years. I think they did it two years before I arrived in the choir, and then I was only there for two years. So, right.
0: Um. Now, your aesthetic, as as Christine, uh, you know, the the Christines I've seen have been that that very gothic look. They have long brunette hair. Um. Are you able to sport the blonde look that because you are blonde or is Um, it? Are you a brunette or okay. can you can you tell us is it a yeah, secret yeah
1: no i'm fairly sure i have i actually don't know i haven't seen my wig yet but i have um sparked, you might be a redhead i know i know i don't know <laughs> but i have sparked the blonde idea and it has been slammed um <laughs> <laughs> so i'm definitely not blonde which is um uh, which is very upsetting for me because i i I think I look better blonde, but anyway. Well, I think it's going to go the gothic look. I think that's what they're going for. H-
0: have you been blonde in any of the other productions? That I done? was
1: blonde in the Greek production.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, which was cool. Like, because um, in the in the original novel, she's this you know Swedish ballad dancer, so it kind of matches the the original um view of her. But um, no, I'm fairly sure I'm going to be dark in this production, like the West End.
0: Had you danced on point before?
1: I I never did. No, we wear these um, things called demi-point shoes, which are kind of like not quite point shoes, but look like point shoes, um, and so no one can really tell from the audience. <laughs>
0: Well, the theatre is an illusion after all, isn't it? It is. Everything's <laughs> an
1: illusion. I have to slap Raoul in this production. Yeah. Um, and we were just doing the fight call for that just then. And everyone was saying it looked so real. They actually thought I slapped him. So that's going to be quite shocking, I think, in the show.
0: <laughs> oh, can't wait. Can't wait. So, yeah, so is the. F- the Phantom at its core is, is a romance, although it's it's, yeah. it's 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 very much a love triangle, isn't it? Between well, a love Phantom. triangle,
1: a tragic romance, a beautiful romance, whatever you kind of walk away.
0: Yeah, and the characters express that love in a sweeping score of terrific beauty. What's your idea of, of
1: romance? I mean, I think my idea of romance would be her relationship with Raoul, which is this gorgeous... Um, kind of friendship love where they know each other so well and have these beautiful nostalgic memories from when they were eight years old playing in the opera house and now he's this vicomte de Chagny, and comes in all strapping and and she's this ballet girl that's been thrust onto the into the limelight and i think it's a really beautiful kind of awkward start to the relationship where they're they have that lovely friendship that they remember but they're too Totally different people, um, and then of course they have this this lovely caring relationship for each other, which is totally different to what her relationship is with the Phantom. I mean, I think in this production it's very much feelings that she doesn't actually know what they are. She she's never experienced them before. Um, it's a much more deep, um, dare I say, sexual connection, you know, but she doesn't realise that. Um, two very, very different relationships. I mean, I suppose my my kind of idea of romance would be her relationship with Rao, purely because the Phantom is so violent. <laughs> but um, it is, yeah, I think it's the way that we're staging it and the psychology of all the characters is, um, yeah, definitely Christine's very pulled between the two. Um, and I think a lot of people will walk away from the theatre not knowing who she should have gone with at the end. Um, obviously, I won't spill the ending but um I think yeah you can really make up your own mind of of who you want her to be with
0: well they're the best endings aren't they when you leave yeah it totally on the way
1: home yeah you can have arguments in the car afterwards you
0: know, it's like my fair lady did did Eliza why did she return has she come back to stay or yeah, yeah. totally <laughs> that's right there's a lovely role. Have you thought about that, Eliza Doolittle? At some point, I would point.
1: love to play Eliza Doolittle. Yeah, she's um, she's a great character, um, and I love that score as well. It's beautiful. I just saw it, um, the new production in the West End, because I was just there a couple of weeks ago, and it was great. Um, and the, the the actor who played Mister Higgins had just come from the Lincoln Center production, um, and he was just such a pro. He was amazing. Uh,
0: so growing up in Perth I love Perth um was that a, a childhood of sun and sea and sand?
1: Yeah absolutely I um yeah I had a funny childhood in that I was very um I kind of got an idea in my head of something I wanted to do and just went for it so I think um when I was like 12 years old I decided that I was um, really flexible and I wanted to be a rhythmic gymnast and so i I went to the elite, um rhythmic gymnast center and trained for a couple of months and then went to nationals and then did that went to nationals twice for rhythmic gymnastics and then I got a bad injury um and um I cried for weeks because I was so upset that I had to quit and my parents said oh you can do anything you want and I said I want to be a pole vaulter (laughs) so (laughs) then I did pole vaulting and went to nationals for that too and then after that I got quite bored of it because it wasn't flashy like I didn't get to wear sparkler leotards and put makeup on so then I decided I could be a singer after that
0: (laughs) it's all showbiz
1: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so I kind of started taking singing seriously when I was about 15 but um Perth is Perth was a great place to grow up and um I have really lovely supported supportive parents who have just gone, like, whatever you can, you want to put your mind to, you can do, um, which has been, you know, really resonated with me throughout my entire career, because I suppose there's been so many times, as an example, um, auditioning for Phantom, I don't have an agent, I'm, I'm not have no professional experience, but I'm like, well, okay, well, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, I think that's kind of been my my life and um that it's and it's so nice to be able to go back to perth and and just have um a real chilled base it's not it's nice to have that on the side of of a career that is so fast paced and and stressful um so yeah i'm really happy that i grew up in perth
0: perth's um a great place to um to to re-energize i think it's um i think it's because it's so removed from the rest of the country it's, totally. it's an entity and it's got that lovely energy. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So so taking singing seriously at about 15, do you start with a teacher? Who, who are the teachers, singing teachers that you've- Well,
1: um, this was I went with? to a school called St Hilda's in Perth and um, up until then on the side, I was a violinist. And um, when you get to year 10, you have a meeting with your head of music about what instrument you're gonna play for your music exams. And my um, head of music, who I've still kept in touch with and accompanies me all the time and is, is a great, great person, he said to me, um, so what, what are you going to do for year 11 exams? And I said, well, obviously I'm going to play the violin. And he said, um, can, can you do anything else? <laughs> and I said, why? <laughs> he goes, I just don't think you're very good.
0: <laughs> oh, no, so what went, a way to tell you.
1: Yeah, and I went, well, I mean, I can kind of sing, <laughs> And he went. Okay, let's do that. Let's try that. <laughs> anyway, so I kind of um, credit him <laughs> for, for me getting into singing, ki-
0: kicking you into the uh, as a vocalist. Totally.
1: But um, my singing teacher, um, my, my younger sister Chloe, is an amazing singer. She's she she was amazing since she was six years old, and um, she worked with um, a beautiful singing teacher in Perth called Laura Bernay, who who taught her French. Um, French song and German leader at the age of nine. <laughs> and so um I, I occasionally dropped into my sister's singing lessons and sung a couple of duets with her. Um, and so I I started going to Laura and and started, and I guess that's what kind of influenced the classical technique um and and all my groundwork in in singing, um, which is really great because I think it's so important to, to have that classical technique for any type of singing. Um, and she also does a lot of jazz as well so it was quite it was quite nice to have a teacher that swapped genres. Um, and then throughout my career I, I ended up studying in London with a wonderful teacher called Janice Kelly. And she, she also swapped between opera and musical theatre. I mean, the more classical musical theatre, like Sweeney Todd and My Fair Lady and everything. Um, so, yeah, it's really nice to have had those influential people in my life that have been able to make a career out of singing both things, which which for some reason... People in the opera world say, oh, no, 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 musical theatre people can't sing opera. And then in the musical theatre, oh, no, 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 opera people can't sing musical theatre. It's quite divided. Um, so, yeah, but I, I love being able to sing in all these different worlds.
0: Uh, WA, of course, has an opera company. Um, what's the first opera you saw? Did it happen to be in Perth or?
1: It actually would have been La Boheme because my sister was one of the children in it, so that would have been the first opera I saw, um, and I remember being obsessed with um, *Musetta*, <laughs> of course.
0: Of course, I'm yeah. getting a, I'm getting a theme here uh, to do with yeah. glamour. <laughs> glamour and look at me, and I'm yeah. here. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, so, was that at um, the lovely His Majesty's Theatre? It was,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, which is a, a glorious theatre. Mm. Your parents um, happy about a career in the arts for you? They didn't want you to sort of choose something else. They're
1: so supportive. No, no, never. I mean that whatever I wanted to do, they were happy to support me. Um, Both my parents love love music. My mum is isn't musical, but she loves music. My dad is very musical. He played. He taught himself the guitar and is a is a great singer and understands music theory. but my mum is very, very creative and artistic, so I think I get kind of that side from her and the musical side from my dad. Um, and yeah, very, very supportive, will literally fly across the world to see me in the smallest, tiniest thing, <laughs> so it's it's great. Um, and my mum is very honest, which sometimes is horrendous but at the same time it's it's been really good for me because she'll always tell me the truth (laughs) so I'll I'll be performing and she'll go oh no I didn't really like that and then it actually you know it opens my mind up to different things which is nice as opposed to having a mom that's just like oh anything you do is great anything you do is great because it does keep me like learning and and wanting to do better um so yeah
0: yeah, I think mums can be our best critics. Totally, exactly. I mean, even you if you I don't want, want
1: the critique, it's it's still good.
0: But even even not only performance, even just a sort of you're going to wear that.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, she's <laughs> so like that. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Yes, hundred.
0: <laughs> um, I'm delighted to see that you're at Whopper. How did you enjoy the Whopper experience?
1: Yeah, absolutely amazing. And we had such a lovely um. Team of people in our post grad year who are all spread around the world still performing, which is awesome. Um, and we're all really close. And um yeah, and there was yeah, it was a hugely, hugely talented year. Everyone's everyone's killing it. My 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 best friend Sam's about to um perform at the Royal Opera House as the um governess in turn of the screw next year <laughs> which is pretty awesome, That's um, awesome. Yeah. yeah all my friends are performing with the you know the summer opera companies in London and then in New York so yeah it's been cool and um, my another connection in my life was my my singing teacher at Whopper um, was an amazing teacher called Patricia Price and she um, her son Ben Lewis was my Phantom on the West End, my first Phantom on the West End. So it was quite funny because I walked into the audition and I saw him. I'd never met him before. And I went up and I was like, are you Ben? And he's like, yes. I was like, I'm Amy. I'm one of Patricia's students. And he was like, no way. And I texted Patricia saying, oh my God, Patricia, I'm at the Phantom audition and your son Ben is here. And she said, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. And I said, oh my God, I said to Ben, I think I just told him, I don't, don't think I like, I just told your mum you're at the audition. He goes, Oh my gosh, I hadn't told her. Cause like when you get to that stage, you just don't tell your parents everything. But I hadn't clocked that cause I was like 22 years old or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that a, was really funny.
0: It's another crazy connection, another, you know, bizarre yeah. overlap. So yeah. weird.
1: So yeah. weird. And he, Ben was an amazing phantom, he was great.
0: I was um I was thrilled to see that at WAPA they've got a Michelle Robinson Award, which you won for the most outstanding first year recital yes. uh, when you were there. Now I knew Michelle Robinson. Did you? Yes, yeah, yes. Oh, when yeah. I f- first started at WAPA, she was the um the publicist and uh would 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 always be wandering the corridors and saying, hello, darling. She called everybody darling. She was the most flamboyant, um, vivacious character. So yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's so it. nice. Wonderful to see her name there. Yeah um what were the roles that you were you're starting to perform in um at, at WAPA your first um classical um, roles
1: oh so the first opera um, this is racking my brain now <laughs> um well I can tell opera, you
0: um Hansel and Gretel
1: well no I was about to say that but that was in my post grad year but the first opera I performed at was um
0: Dido and Aeneas.
1: Yes, thanks for knowing my career better than me. Um, yes, Dido on Aeneas. I was Dido, um, which which was amazing. I mean, totally miscast now, but <laughs> still still awesome. It was a role that um, really kind of made me get out of the pretty soprano singing and into the the depth of of singing more real and with a with with my warmer tones which was nice to do at an early stage to realize that I had had those which is something you need for Christine like what people don't realize about Christine is she's she sings very very high and she's obviously a pretty singer but she really needs to dig in and and sing those low notes and sing belt a little bit so Um, things like that earlier in my career really kind of have helped me now. Um, So yeah, I did Dido and Aeneas, and then um, a bunch of things in the ensemble of other operas. And um, the last thing I did, which was literally, this sounds stupid, but it was literally the height of my career, Uh, Hansel and Gretel, when I played Gretel and my best friend, Sam, who is about to perform at the Royal Opera House, she played Hansel. Again, totally miscast because she's a very high soprano and that's, role was supposed to be played by a mezzo but we just had the best time and the director was so willing to let us do whatever we wanted <laughs> and so it was just absolutely hilarious and I have such fond memories of that show and I really would love to do it again at some point um but yeah so we left we left WAPA doing that show which was just we ended on a massive highlight and I have such fond memories of 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 that and and performing and learning at WAPA
0: now, you must have been the envy of every vocalist in Australia when you landed the gig of singing at the grand final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are, are, you, are, you, are you an AFL fan?
1: I well, my sister um goes out with an AFL player um who plays for Fremantle and his name's Matt Taverner. So um I I I've always watched the football. I haven't been like obsessed with it or anything, but since my sister's boyfriend started, well, since my sister started going out with Matt i've definitely taken an interest whenever frio plays i don't know it's just like i don't know about you but it's just much more entertaining watching footy when you're rooting for somebody (laughs) um but yeah so that was really nice um pretty cool i mean i got a lot more respect from all the male people in my life when i (laughs) (laughs)
0: performed. you got street cred
1: yeah literally (laughs) (laughs) when i got phantom my boyfriend's like yeah cool when I got the AFL he's like oh my god
0: <laughs> that's amazing isn't it put it in perspective fellas put it in perspective
1: yeah um
0: now Amy who's your favorite Disney character
1: oh you can't ask me that <laughs> all, of them, all of them No, Cinderella was my favorite when I was younger um but then growing up I probably loved Mulan because she was such badass you know
0: so it's no wonder that that you know you make your entrepreneurial debut um producing a a disney concert tell me tell me about that
1: yeah so that's like another time in my life when i've kind of gone just don't care about the system do whatever you want and give it a go um it's a little bit of a long story how um we we got to this point but um we have a production company called MM Creative Productions and me and my really close friend Genevieve McCarthy started that in 2020 during the pandemic, which was obviously really smart of us.
0: <laughs> um, it's all in the timing.
1: Yeah exactly well but what actually happened is um she was performing um in an off west end show in london and i was performing in phantom and and we were childhood friends from perth um i did rhythmic gymnastics with her younger sister which is how we know each other and um we met up in london and when and spoke about eventually one day um maybe bringing it bringing a show to Perth, like we'd love to produce a show just because we have so many creative ideas and and we are quite um, business driven and um, and so we thought one day, one day when we're 40 years old, we'll think about doing that together. Um, Anyway, so we both found ourselves back in Perth during the pandemic and what had happened with Perth is we are obviously so isolated from the rest of Australia that we actually didn't have any COVID in 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 WA. Yes, well,
0: it was Fort. You had a premier that just made it Fortress Perth. No one, no one was getting in. We were,
1: I mean, apart from being isolated, we were um, (laughs) cut off. He was
0: he was determined to keep everyone safe, which was very admirable. No
1: one in, no one out. And I mean, it was pretty horrendous. People not being able to see their families and everything. But selfishly, for me, it was what start, which is what it's what allowed us to start um our production company um so anyway we we um perth opened up we were living as normal and um genevieve and i saw an opportunity to put something on because no one else in the world was able to and um we we were calling Um, Disney LA every single night and midnight leaving messages literally stalking them I think they must have thought we were totally crazy Um, and I think after probably the 50th email somebody replied and gave us the rights to a couple of songs and so we put on a show called um, the magical music of animation which was a 50 minute um, kind of show with an 80 piece orchestra at the Perth concert hall by no means small but it seems small now in comparison to what we're doing um and and we we sold um we had to sell the tickets in five weeks we put the whole thing together in five weeks um and did it and and was pretty amazing and then um we kind of continued conversations with disney and and they really liked how we went about things and they saw we were really driven and they loved our creative approach to it and our passion for the Disney brand, obviously. And they ended up granting us the rights by by no easy feat. Like this is a long, <laughs> a long, long time of proving ourselves, but they ended up granting us the rights to produce um, a show called Disney and Concert A Dream is a Wish the following year. Um, And we got the West Australian Symphony Orchestra, 65-piece orchestra, and we did it at a big convention centre and sold out three shows um, in a 3000-seat theatre, which was pretty crazy. Um, So yeah, and we've got some really big news coming out over the next couple of weeks for that show um, for the rest of Australia, which which is going to be really exciting.
0: Is there no end to your talents? You're extraordinary. You'll you'll have a go at anything, and generally succeed. I will succeed. have a go at it's everything. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's a very good mantra. Uh, now, Phantom of the Opera. Do you, do you have a favourite moment in the show? Is it when you're when you're on the boat going down to the lair, or is it? Um...
1: Look, I love I love all the moments, but um, I've got two. I've got a couple of things. The first one is the overture because um, it literally feels like a movie like being in the wings and feeling this all this energy and it's going to be so cool because 80% of our cast has never done it before and so not only are they going to be experiencing it for the first time but we'll be kind of experiencing that with them and I'm just really excited for that um our our Christine understudy Kaylee um who's gorgeous she's like 20 years old and I'm just so excited to see her face with, when that happens um And um, my other favourite moments are actually all the little small moments that Christine gets to sing. Um, The stuff that you can never sing by itself in a concert. You can only sing it when you're in the show, (laughs) Um, which I feel really special to be able to be given that opportunity. Um, But, yeah, then, of course, all the big numbers. Think of me wishing, Music of the Night. They're they're all gorgeous.
0: Are you superstitious in the theatre?
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah what, what is what are, what are some of your superstitions um,
1: i have to do 10 push-ups before i go on stage um i just have to um <laughs> and- well, that's,
0: that's a good way of expending energy uh well it actually is well. and, like
1: really mm. turns on your support mm, yeah. if you're feeling like if you need to get nervous energy out it's really good to do something like that just to get that um those butterflies out of you um but honestly I get moments where I get really tied up in something that I need to be able to do, and eventually it just wears off, and I forget about it. But I move on to the next thing, like whether it be stepping on a certain stair when I walk up to my dressing room, or like really weird.
0: Well, um, let's hope there's not too many stairs at the uh, at the opera house or the or the state theatre in Melbourne. Well,
1: there is, unfortunately.
0: Oh well. <laughs> So, Cameron McIntosh, um, really useful group, and uh, Opera Australia, a presenting fan of the opera, uh, which will uh, take to the stage at Sydney's Opera House on August 19th, not far away, Amy. I
1: know.
0: No? And then uh, October. 30th at the State Theatre in Melbourne. It's been absolutely delightful uh, chatting to you. Thank you for um, this moment away from, from your rehearsals and all the very, very best for Fandom uh, of the Opera and uh, a new Christine.
1: Thank you so much, Peter. I look forward to having you in the theatre.
0: I'll be there opening night. So um, I'll be uh, giving you a huge round of applause uh, all through. Good. All right. Thanks, Amy.
1: <laughs> Thanks.
0: Cameron McIntosh's spectacular new production of Andrew Lloyd Webber's The Phantom of the Opera, co-presented by Opera Australia, will play the Jones Sutherland Theatre at the Sydney Opera House from August 19th. Follows a season at the State Theatre, Arts Centre Melbourne, from October 30th. It's going to be a spectacular and opulent production and not to be missed. And starring my guest today, Amy Manford, Thank you for your story, Amy. Tickets from phantomoftheopera.com.au. You don't want to miss out. Thanks for joining us in this episode. You can check out all of the episodes featured in the podcast thus far by visiting our website, www.stagespodcast.com.au. I'm Peter Ayers. Keep well, keep warm, stay safe, and I'll catch you next time on Stages.